0: Welcome! I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 2 Timothy. Today is episode 705. We're looking at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. Let's read the passage. But know this, hard times will come in the last days. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful unholy unloving irreconcilable slanderers without self-control brutal without love for what is good traitors reckless conceited lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god holding to the form of godliness but denying its power avoid these people for among them are those who worm their way into households and deceive gullible women overwhelmed by sins and led astray by a variety of passions always learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so these also resist the truth. They are men who are corrupt in mind and worthless in regard to the faith. But they will not make further progress, for their foolishness will be clear to all, as was the foolishness of Janus and Jambres. This is Paul's second letter to Timothy that we have, his last letter. And Paul's in prison in Rome and will be executed before too long. He's writing this letter to Timothy, encouraging Timothy to come and visit him, but also knowing that Timothy may not be able to, and this could be his last communication with Timothy. So he's encouraging Timothy to carry on the good fight, encouraging Timothy to pick up the mantle and carry on where Paul has left off. And encouraging Timothy in his specific context of being in Ephesus still dealing with troublemakers. And the troubles increased because of Paul's condition. Paul's in prison as a criminal, an enemy of the state, about to be executed. So there's a lot of people who've fallen away. Paul refers to as being ashamed. Ashamed of Paul, ashamed of being associated with Paul, and even ashamed of Paul's message, that is the gospel. And so he's encouraging Timothy to remain faithful to the gospel message and not get caught up in the tactics of the false teachers. So he's continuing here in chapter 3, verse 1. But know this, hard times will come in the last days. Okay, hard times will come, but what about the last days? What, What does he mean by that? exactly when the last days began. Some say it was when Jesus arrived. Some say it was when Jesus died. Some say it was at the day of Pentecost. Because at the day of Pentecost, Peter gave this speech. Everybody was astounded that the Holy Spirit had come on these people. And Peter quoted from Amos, That In the last days, God will pour out his Spirit on the people, and they will prophesy. And so... Some say, okay, that's the point, the day of Pentecost. That's when the last days began. And generally, it's, okay, the last days are from the first coming of Jesus to the second coming of Jesus. That's the last days. So Paul was in it. We're still in it, the last days. So hard times will come in the last days. Different for us than it was for him? It's hard to say. His point isn't to give some kind of prediction of stuff, but just, Timothy recognized, yeah, you're having hard times, that's to be expected. And so verse 2, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy. It continues down through verse 4 with these terrible traits. And the point here is evildoers. Now, there's always evildoers in the world, always people who are characterized by all these things. Uh, Verses 3 and 4, Unloving, irreconcilable, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. special about this list is he's describing people who were in the church. So these are evildoers from within the church. It's not just people who don't know God running around in society at large. These are people from within the church, because his whole point here is, is not that the people in the world need the gospel. Yeah, it's a given. Well, here are people who are turning away from the gospel, people who were part of the church, people who seem to have embraced the gospel, and they're now turning away from the gospel and becoming like this. In verse 5, holding to the form of godliness, but denying its power. So verse 2, he talked about them being lovers of self. Then verse 4, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So you see the the contrast here of their love. It's a love for self rather than a love for God. It's a love of pleasure rather than a love for God. And verse 5, this holding to a form of godliness but denying its power. I think maybe a way to think about that for us would be clinging to some kind of religion versus having an actual relationship with God. They're caught up in a religion. They're caught up in a system of belief, a system of theology, but they don't actually have a connection with God where they see the power of God at work in their lives. Verse 5, he says, avoid these people. So who are these people? These are people from within the church who have denied the faith are falling away from the faith and are turning over to evil actions. Number six, for among them are those who worm their way into households and deceive gullible women, overwhelmed by sins, and led astray by a variety of passions. Now, why does he call out this particular group? It's hard to say, but apparently it's something that happens. There's a group of women who are being led astray. Now, is it by... Men or other women, it's hard to say, but worming their way into households, meaning it's coming into the households via some outside influence, it continues describing them always learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. We see that sometimes today of people who are always studying, but they never can quite grasp the truth of the gospel. Verse 8, just as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so these also resist the truth. Okay, Janus and Jambres, those are the chief magicians who worked for Pharaoh. When Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh in Exodus and said, let my people go, and Moses threw the staff down and became a snake, Moses turned water in the blood, and, and did these miraculous events, the magicians were able to duplicate many of these events. They're never named in the Old Testament, but in ancient Jewish literature, they were given the names Janus and Jambres. Now, is that accurate? We don't know. But that's what people knew them by. So, Paul is saying these guys, Janus and Jambres, who we know to be the chief magicians, for Pharaoh. They resisted Moses. Moses was there speaking the word of God, and these guys resisted. And so the false teachers, they're like them. They resist the truth. They are men who are corrupt in mind and worthless in regard to the faith. So their thinking's askew, and they're actually damaging the faith verse 9, he says, but they will not make further progress, for their foolishness will be clear to all, as was the foolishness of Janus and Jambres. Now, is he saying, okay, this is it. It will go no further? I don't think so. I think he's saying that there's a point at which they cannot go any further. Just as Janus and Jambres could duplicate Moses' miracles up to a point, then they could no longer do it. Then it became obvious to everybody watching This is the hand of God at work here. This is just not that Moses is a better magician than Janus and Jabraes. The hand of God is here. And that's what will happen to these false teachers. is as they get more and more outlandish as error leads to more error. It comes to a point where people say, wow, that's just too far off base. I can't buy that. So there's a limit to how far they can go. Now, that doesn't mean that's the end of it. It just means that particular group. There's always a new group cropping up to take it to the limit. So what's the takeaway for us? For Timothy, it's watch out for these people. I know you're dealing with hard times. That's to be expected. That's the times we live in. And you have these people who were within the church and causing trouble. Be careful about them and watch out that they're not creating trouble within the church. So for us, we often take it say, okay, we're to be like Timothy, oppose false teachers. And that is true. But There's another lesson in here that we want to be careful we don't too quickly sidestep. Also, be careful we're not like the false teachers. Well, what, I'm not like a false teacher? Well, be careful how we approach the gospel. This idea of holding to a form of godliness but denying its power. Are we caught up in religion, in doctrine, in learning, but missing out the power of God, missing out the actual relationship with God. And be careful about changing the gospel. Some of these people, they just flat out denied the gospel, but the false teachers have just changed the gospel. Something about it they didn't like, and they've altered it to something they do like. And that's something we got to be very careful of in the modern church is taking things in the Word of God that we don't like and either ignoring them, changing them, glossing over them, and allowing a certain ism to be our source of truth rather than the Word of God. The gospel challenges traditions. It challenges long-held notions. It refuses to allow Christians to live in a too comfortable of a setting, to being too comfortable in the understanding of their faith. The gospel should always be stretching us and changing us and conforming us to the image of God. And as we learn more and more about the gospel, we should be changing. So be careful we're not clinging to some ism uh, system of, of thought, which was people trying to describe the gospel for their own little group and we often then allow that to define truth for us but always be going back to the word of god allow it to define our thinking about things because if we try too firmly to tie up the gospel in a nice neat little package we end up refusing to allow the gospel to change us thanks for joining me Join me again next time as we continue working through 2 Timothy.